good morning, folks. It's 9.09 almost. June 30th of Friday. This is the Party Line on WATH. I'm Dave Palmer. Don Hobart's here as well. And today we got a free-for-all. Ah, yes, the last day of June. And the 4th of July, just a few days away, and um, when uh, attended the, um, what do you call it, Concert Under the Elms? I, I think that's it, right? Yeah. Uh, last night. Hadn't done that for a while, but it was wonderful. And, uh, of course, with 4th of July, just a couple days away, uh, they were featuring John Philip Sousa's uh, many... Um, what I said they, in the announcements last night, they mentioned he had written, uh, composed, whatever you want to call it, 184 marches. Yeah, remarkable. And um, the uh, guest conductor last night for the Communiversity uh, Band, or um, is, do we still call it that? I think so. In any case, um, was the band director from Heidelberg College up in uh, Tiffin. And uh, my son Paul um, uh, graduated from Heidelberg. Nick went there some too, but uh, then ended up at Worcester, which it makes perfect sense in our family. Anyway, uh, let's see here. So... Um, it was just uh, well attended, and people were enjoying themselves. You bought, you know, you, if you've not attended that event, and it happens during the summers, and uh, I, I'm thinking it normally is on Thursday nights, Thursday evenings, I should say. The College Green. So you've got. Um, oh, let's see here. Suddenly, my memory's going to embarrass me. But you've got the um, Memorial Auditorium, right? I think so. And then you've got um, the three sort of original buildings up um, in the the main one is... Don, you're supposed to help me, man. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, where the president... I didn't go to you. (laughs) Okay. Where the president's office is and all that sort of thing. Anyway, the, the College Green, right? Lots of wonderful trees. and So you pack a chair and you set it up, and there were lots and lots of people there last night. It was just wonderful. Oh, well, good morning. June 30th it is, the last day of the month of June. So this due on this day, Don. Um, Let's see, on this very date of June 30th, but the year was 1520. Spanish conquistadors are expelled from, let's see if I can pronounce this, Tenochtitlan. Tenochtitlan. Anyway, following an Aztec revolt against their rule under uh, Hernan Cortes. 
And when was that? That was during the La Noche Triste, which is uh, translated to the Night of Sadness. And they go on, many soldiers drowned in the escape, and Aztec Emperor Moctezuma II dies during that struggle. Anyway, 1520. And I pronounced so many things poorly in that, that item, but I did my best. We skip ahead uh, 340 years to the year 1860, when on this very date, the famous debate on Charles Darwin's theory of evolution occurred or was held at the Oxford University Museum. And um, that debate was dominated by arguments between uh, Thomas Henry Huxley and Bishop Samuel Wilberforce. 1860 on this date. Getting um, closer, 1905 on this very date, June 30th, in Russia, the Potemkin arrives at Odessa where sailors take the bodies of dead crewmen ashore. Sailors join civilians in revolutionary actions of the 1905 revolution. 3 years later in 1908 on this date a giant fireball most likely caused by the airburst of a large meteoroid um, or comet uh, well it flattened 80 million trees think of that near the stony Tunguska river in Yenisk uh, Yeniseysk oh, boy Anyway, it's um, a government located in uh, Russia. And they say it's the largest impact event in recorded history, still. All right, let's see here. Adolf Hitler comes up next, 1934, on this date, the Night of the Long Knives. Like spoons, forks, knives, right? Adolf Hitler stages a bloody purge of the Nazi party, 1934. Four years later on this date, 1938, Superman the first appears in um, DC Comics, Action Comics series, issue number one. Boy, there's been so much about Superman since. And even today. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. The last of the uh, events of significance on this date, at least according to Associated Press. Um, 1992, South African, um, the ANC president, Nelson Mandela, meets with the UN Secretary General, Boutros Boutros Ghali. And that happened at Dakar. All right, famous birthdays. Let's see here. Looks like we have four of them um, in particular to announce. Um, wow. I'm familiar with one of them. <laughs> but that's nothing new, I guess. Okay, so uh, going the farthest back, 
Um, in fact, uh, three of the four are still alive. Okay, so going the farthest back in 1470 on this date, Charles VIII was born, and he, uh, he only lived 28 years. So the year 1470, his birth, 1498, his passing. But Charles VIII, the eighth I am, I am, right? <laughs> Isn't there a song like that? Some, yeah, I think it's... Uh, no, it's Henry VIII. Yeah, I was about to say uh, it's Henry VIII. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what it, with Charles VIII. Uh, he was also called the Affable, and he was the king of France from 1483 to his death in 1498. He succeeded his father, Louis XI, at the age of 13. Wow. And during his, uh, during his regency... The great lords rebelled against royal centralization efforts in a conflict known as the Mad War, which resulted in a victory for the royal government. Yeah. Now, um, Charles VIII, born on this date in 1470. Affable, you use that term. I think of affable as being a very friendly, uh, generally happy person. Mm -hmm. Would you agree on, on the, that word? Yeah, I just looked it up, and that's what it means. Okay. Friendly, good-natured, or easy to talk to. Fair enough. And yet, he only had 28 years of life. Okay, and as I said, the the other three that we have to bring up today all are still alive. So we'll take them from youngest to oldest, although there's not a big range here. Ralph Schumacher. And uh, Ralph is R-A-L-F, not uh, R-A-L-P-H. But um, uh, I'm guessing sports of some kind. Was he a... Automotive guy? Yes. Okay. Um, that probably explains the Mercedes-Benz logo on his hat in this picture. So what? what's his thing? Uh, he is a German former racing driver, and he is the younger brother of seven-time Formula One world champion Michael Schumacher. Oh, yeah. And the pair are the only siblings to each win Formula One races. Now, I think I've told this story not a story, but just this point. Um, there's a racetrack. In fact, they have a big race there this weekend. But um, let's see, what's it called? The Mid-Ohio, Mid-Ohio Racetrack. And they have a formula race going on there this weekend. Yeah, my parents are actually going to go to that. Really? They were. I don't think they are anymore because we're saying that it might be raining i don't think they're gonna go because they don't want to get there and it get rained out so they decided against it well in any case um when i was um i think a senior in high school i had a, a job working as a graphic artist at a, a small print shop um there in my hometown of worthington and the fellow who owned it was uh, he, an avid uh, car enthusiast. And um, he wanted to go to driving school up there at Mid-Ohio. And he offered to um, have me go with him and take the class myself. So we did that. And it was fascinating. 
and I learned a lot about, well, I certainly didn't pursue it as a career, Yeah. <laughs> but I learned a lot about, um, you know, driving fast and how you approach this situation and that situation and the, this curve and this straightaway and all that. It was really an interesting experience. Okay, Ralph Schumacher, or Shoemaker, I don't know which it is, but 48th birthday today, Formula Car Racer. All right, Mike Tyson makes the news today because he's celebrating his 57th birthday. And, um, of course, we, we know, we should know, uh, as recently as he's been engaged with us in the public, um, his background, right? Mm-hmm. Boxer. Sananth Gayasuriya. You know, I did that pretty good. That's probably better than what I could have said. Gayasuriva. Or is it Jayasuriva? Anyway, I think it is the J pronunciation. But Sanath, S-A-N-A-T-H is his first name. He's celebrating his uh, 54th birthday today. And once again, I'm going to say this is some sort of um, sports or... Um, well, what's his thing? He is a former Sri Lankan cricketer and captain who is widely regarded as one, as one of the greatest ever to play the game. Yeah. He, Cricket. Yeah. <laughs> Not too many of us Americans know much about that. But um, I, I have attended a cricket game or two, I guess two. And those really, they're really great athletes. They have to do a lot. All right. Two deaths to bring up. Moctezuma II. And um, we really don't know the exact date of his birth, but he died on this date in 1520. Moctezuma II. There's an old-fashioned kind of artist-type drawing of this guy on my piece of paper. And he had all the bells and whistles of uh, an armored fighter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Moctezuma. He was the ninth emperor of the Aztec Empire, reigning from 1502 or 1503 to 1520. And through his marriage with uh, the queen of Ecatepec, one of his two wives, he was also king consort of that Altapetl. And one more, John William Strutt, born in 1841, died on this date in 1919. Strutt, S-T-R-U-T-T, John William Strutt. He was a British mathematician and physicist who made extensive contributions to science. Uh, He received the 1904 Nobel Prize in Physics for his investigations of the densities of the most important gases and for his discovery of argon in connection with these studies. We already mentioned this a little bit, but uh, on this date of uh, June 30th, Um, There was this massive, I'm going to call it an explosion, that occurred in eastern Siberia. 
and it destroyed everything in its past. Wildlife, trees. Um, I already mentioned this a little bit, but they, they don't know if it was some sort of extraterrestrial thing. There's some people that say it was an alien thing. I don't know, but it still is a mystery today. All right. Well, let's see here. I guess we've done a pretty good job on that one. We'll put that report away for the day. Um, it's 9.25 and a half now. And once again, if you tuned in late, today a free-for-all edition. It's June 30th, the last day of June. And uh, next week, of course, the 4th of July celebrations. Um, Don, let me ask you, have you ever been to Red, White, and Boom? Nope. Um, I have attended it, I think, I'm going to say on six occasions. Why would I do it more than once? Because it is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Folks, right downtown in Columbus, you've got the Olentangy River there. In fact, uh, the Olentangy and, um, or is it the Scioto? Well, anyway, the two kind of merge just before it gets to downtown, if I'm not mistaken. In any case, this, uh, let me stop that. I might be giving you bad information. But the point is, there's a river that flows right through downtown. And um, um, you've got a, uh, the Central High School is located on one side of it, and on the other side of it is kind of like Lazarus and everything, you know. And anyway, and um, right down between... Um, Broad Street and 3rd and, or no, no, not 3rd, Broad Street and, I guess, Gay Gay, Gay Street, Gay Avenue. Uh, anyway, um, and there's a street down there, four-laner, and it's all closed down, and people, are, you know, have folding chairs or blankets on the pavement, whatever. And they watched this amazing display, red, white, and boom. The reason I've gone to it more than once is because it is amazing. It is the Scioto River. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, well, that's coming up. We have um, the Athens fireworks display. We have the Nelsonville fireworks display. And as I recall, they're on two different mm -hmm. evenings, right? Yep. Athens is on Monday and Nelsonville one is on Tuesday. Okay. And the fourth is on Tuesday. Folks, with any luck, we're, we're just going to continue and play music that morning, okay? I'm going to try to take a day off. Don's going to do some news, I think, but then he's going to nope. bug out. Nope. Hope I'm taking the day off, too. Okay, well. <laughs> because I'm going to the fireworks in Athens on Monday night, and I know I won't get home till late, and I ain't getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning on okay. Tuesday. <laughs> I get it. Well, anyway, we'll, we're the station, uh, many of our personnel, are going to be enjoying the holiday. 
All right. Let's see. Now, why did I start that? I've forgotten. Anyway, Tuesday, next week, we're, um, we're just going to play some music. All right. Well, in the headlines. Um, and as most of you have learned over the years, uh, for this I always turn to a New York Times newspaper um, listing. And in, uh, in the category of top news, our Supreme Court rejects affirmative action programs that had been adopted at Harvard and the University of North Carolina, UNC. Um, it says in earlier decisions, the court had endorsed taking account of race as one factor among many to promote educational diversity. But um, they're sure looking at it closely again. Well, with um, such a possible decision, college admissions could become more subjective. You know, um, I, I think every college has a game plan like emphasizing the personal essay. But so do conservative groups that promise to monitor and, if necessary, go back to court. Well, I guess time will tell. And uh, regardless of what you may think personally, um, the Supreme Court needs to deal with this. Oh, I'm going to leave this topic for a minute. By topic, I mean the headlines. This, you know, we've had so much of this um, Canadian smoke stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's been so uh, hard to see clear views. And, and so... I was talking to some friends of mine, and, and we heard Dr. Um, Dick Gaskell from our county health department last uh, Thursday, I think it was. Um, he mentioned an app, okay? Now let me reach for my phone here, because I brought this in with this in mind too. Okay, here we go. Okay, so there's an app called um, Air Now, A-I-R-N-O-W, no space. And you can search it on your Play Store, you know, where you search for apps. And then download it. And it is, as I understand it, something that uh, the e they use EPA information. Okay, so let me open it here. Okay, now yesterday it was reading like 54 on the scale. And what are the uh, scales? Well, that is still in the good range, green. Then they have a cautionary range, range uh, which is yellow in this scale. And I think it starts at 
the at 50. And it just says, be aware, basically. And then there's an orange, then a red, then a purple, and then a dark kind of purplish. And so if you get up high, you know, it can be dangerous to your health. Um, and we've had some um, dates where we've received word that people should be cautious uh, with all of this uh, Canadian wildfire and all this stuff going on. Well, yesterday it said 54. Right now it's saying 43, which is in the good category. But uh, 54 was just barely into the be cautious Okay, so that's from the EPA. Okay, and then there's another app called Air Care. And right now it's saying 46. And um, you can, uh, on those apps, you can look at the nation as a whole and see the different colors and there's a little dot representing each measurement location. And Athens has its own dot, as you might expect. And, um, but when you look at the country as a whole, man, there's a lot of uh, variance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But once again, it's all uh, uh, this Canadian wildfire, and why can't they get that under control? They've been—it's been months, I swear. Well, anyway, it is what it is. But uh, the the one that uh, Doctor um, Gaskell recommended was Air Now. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Air Now, and. Um, if you search for air now, no space between the R and the N, it'll pop up and you can load it. But uh, this other one, which was recommended by some other professional that I know, is called, um, <laughs> what is it called? Uh, da -da -da -da. Now I've forgotten already. Um, let's see. Oh, air care. There we go. Well, anyway, you get the point. Um, and it's funny how they, they even differ a little. Oh, well. Let's see here. Back to the news. Let's see. Police shooting in France presents new challenge for uh, Macron, Macron the, the president there. The French president. Um, protests over the fatal police shooting of a teenager come as President Emmanuel Macron, Macron seeks to restore a sense of calm after his pension overhaul ignited turbulence in the streets. This has been a story we've uh, shared with you probably for the last two weeks. Uh, just uh, every so often. Whoops, I bumped the mic. All right, what else can we hear? Now, the New York Times editors, they always have a little section where they pick some stories that catch their eye. The first one falls under the world classification, and it is, Is Botswana getting a raw deal from De Beers Diamonds? 
Botswana, which is located in southern Africa, has partnered with the London-based diamond giant De Beers for decades. But many in the country are now pushing to get a better deal from that industry and that company. De Beers, D-E, then a capital B-E-E-R-S. I, I'm not a jewelry nut, so that's not a name I'm really familiar with, De Beers. But uh, if you no. like diamonds, I'm told that's the one. <laughs> so uh, I've never heard of them either. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Uh, in a, what would you call it, an op-ed piece, opinion matters, right? Um. From a guest, not a member of the New York Times staff, there's an item written, and it's, it says, I teach at an elite college. Here's a look inside the racial gaming of admissions. Ooh, that sounds not too good. No. Let's see what we've got. It says the end of affirmative action will only cause students and parents to get even more creative about gaming college admissions. They wrote the word gaming. I wish they had said gaining. But there's evidently ways you can get around certain things and it's kind of a game but I'd rather have colleges accept people based on their merit and their knowledge and not the color of their skin or their heritage or that sort of thing but that's just me but it also makes, to me, tremendous sense. All right. Let's see. Let's go on. World news. Pregozin may be gone, but not the fa failings he ranted about. Pregozin, that's what it is. I mispronounced it. Um, he was a, a, a general, you might say, in the Russian military, right? Mm-hmm. And it says um, that the Russian military still suffers from poor communication, coordination, and leadership. But most of all, analysts say from a mor morale-sapping lack of accountability. Uh, Prigozhin, is, as I recall, he was trying to point out to the leadership of Russia that the Russian military um, they don't have the greatest uh, pride um, uh, it's just there's situations that are depleting the morale um, and and um, that that um, that general retired. Uh, 
but it's still an issue. And um, there, you know, a number of different parties are concerned. Afghanistan. The headline reads, in these corners of Kabul, Western influence live on. So it goes on, while the Taliban have erased most obvious vestiges of the U.S. nation-building effort in Afghanistan, the cultural legacy of two decades of American occupation has been harder to stamp out. Now, if you have a country trying to assist another country, and they have done so for 20 years, a little over that, um, you can't just walk away and expect what they were pushing for to, to simply disappear. Yeah. Well, duh. All right, let's see here. Rwanda. Um, you know, the United Kingdom has um, accepted asylum seekers, right? A lot of people from other nations have fled to the United Kingdom. Um well, there's an effort afoot, and we've talked about this a time or two over the last month or so, that um, the United Kingdom, because there are so many asylum seekers, uh, had kind of built a plan to uh, fly these asylum seekers to Rwanda. Um, well, a court has now rejected that idea. A three-judge court of appeals said the African country was not a safe country for migrants seeking asylum. The government is now expected to appeal to the Supreme Court. Yes, the United Kingdom has a Supreme Court as well. Let's see here. Here in the United States, let's do some stories from uh, our part of the world. Down in Texas. Now, um, folks, Texas is a large state. It's got some great cities. Um, it's got some parts that aren't so great, too. Mm -hmm. Any place does. But uh, this is kind of remarkable to me. Um, we have a friend who lives in Texas, and she is reporting to us periodically a text message or a phone call or something that it's um, 6 p.m. and 114 degrees or that it's uh, 100 degrees and it's noon. Stuff like that. Okay, so this headline here says, Man Down, 
surviving the Texas heat in prisons without air conditioning. They go on. Uh, David Goodman wrote this item uh, from the Times. The record June heat has been particularly dangerous inside the state's prisons, where indoor temperatures can top, you know, 110 easily. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's bad enough being in prison. Of course, you did something to get there, so you didn't behave properly. But is that kind of punishment permissible? Evidently. Or they'd had to have put in other systems. We're talking about Texas. Wow. Okay, another story concerning our nation. A $60 million bribe. A $1.3 billion bailout. And lastly, a 20-year prison sentence. Okay. Larry Householder. The former Speaker of the Ohio House of Representatives. This is someone I knew. He was sentenced yesterday after being convicted in March of participating in a racketeering conspiracy that resulted in a bailout for two struggling nuclear power plants. And he's, as I understand it, he's going to have 20 years in prison. Mm -hmm. Plus, somehow or other, he accepted a $60 million bribe. So his bailout fee is $1.3 billion. Dollars. Oh, what a mess. And I feel badly because I actually had a good relationship with him and thought he was an okay person. Oh, well. Let's see, Parkland. The jury acquits the deputy who failed to confront the Parkland gunman. Scott Peterson was found not guilty of child neglect, culpable negligence, and perjury in a rare trial over police inaction in a school shooting. That's right, the jury found him not guilty. And he was a deputy. Okay. You know, that it would be such a tough thing to mm-hmm. be a jury in. Because, um, well, it just would. Okay, let's see. Politics. Yeah, we need this. Um, 
Although maybe these aren't bad stories. We'll find out. Okay, here's an organization known as Moms for Liberty. And um, uh, let's see here. Okay, they're holding a convention, a national convention in Philadelphia. It took place this week. And um, I guess at that convention, uh, there were five presidential candidates who appeared and spoke. Anyway, Moms for Liberty's school board antagonism draws GOP heavyweights. Um, so this group's... Um, A local group there in P Philadelphia uh, provoked outrage because they used some quotes from Adolf Hitler. I, I don't really understand this story. All I know is things got a little messy there. And uh, Moms for Liberty, is that a national organization or is it something just um, more localized to Pennsylvania or Philadelphia I just I'm sorry I'm not familiar with that organization if it's nationwide Moms for Liberty I think it is It is national Yeah actually their headquarters are in Florida Okay was there com was the group that was meeting for their national convention in Philadelphia the group named Moms for Liberty Yeah Okay now I got it I wasn't absolutely sure Let's see here. Americans for Prosperity Action is wading into a Republican presidential primary for the first time. And wait, waiting, not waiting this time, but am waiting to see which candidate it will get behind for 2024. Now... The candidate, K-O-C-H, is his last name. Um, but I can't remember the whole name. But he's, he's a how, candidate for president. How'd you spell it? K-O-C-H. Well, anyway, he has raised... David. David, okay, David, and I think it's Cook. Anyway, he has raised over 70 million bucks. And his whole emphasis, not his whole emphasis, but his big concern is sinking Trump, who's also a candidate. All right, enough on that. Now, in yet another item that the Times has written, uh, the headline reads, Republicans' problem in attacking Biden, they helped pass his economic bills. 
Anyway, it goes on, no doubt they will take swings at him anyway, but it may be more difficult to land punches given that plenty of them voted for the bipartisan infrastructure and semiconductor manufacturing bills. Yeah, I guess. But I think both were needed. And um, I don't think you should be thinking about how that will affect your relationship with any of the future candidates. I think you have to, when you're a member of Congress, look into things, get all the knowledge you can, and then make the proper decision on a standalone basis. But that's just me. Why, why, why doesn't common sense kick in more often? You know? Oh, well. <laughs> I'm too simple, I guess. Uh, in business news, uh, Bud Light, a Budheiser brand, right? It says the brand is still struggling to win back customers. Nowhere is that more apparent than at stores where cases of beer sit untouched. What have I missed here? Um, so, you know, there's all sorts of Budweiser brands. But something has caused people to stop buying Bud Light? Yeah, it was because they had the that... uh transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney in like a promo or something like that. Oh. Okay. Well. Now I get it. Next one. Opposition grows to United States imports of refined Russian oil. I'm not surprised at that. They go on human rights groups, and Ukrainian officials want the United States to stop buying Russian crude oil that has been refined into other products in third countries like India. Yeah, I can see why that's occurring. If we can hurt Russia in any way, the general public's for that. Let's see, regarding finances, it's time for colleges to guarantee prices before students apply. Yeah, this has been talked about a lot. And being a university town and, you know, the first university in the Northwest Territory, 1804, and all of the history and uh, of this great school, Ohio University. Um, the Board of Trustees and other advisors, they grapple with this often. One way to preserve diversity, now that the Supreme Court has ruled against two colleges' race-based admission policies, well, simply tell people the true price. If it were that easy, they would do it. But um, 
uh, a, the board of trustees at any university or college, they're struggling with the timing of finances too. And whether it's um, the value of the dollar or their value in their invest investments or, well, you get the point. Let's see, British merchants are increasingly using facial recognition technology to combat shoplifting, raising questions about its spread as artificial intelligence rapidly improves it. Yeah, well, British merchants, but you can bet it's only a matter of time before we'll have the same issue raised right here. Okay, Twitter's new chief eases into the hot seat. Linda Yaccarino, who initially could not take ad sales meetings because of non-compete clause, is adjusting to her new role reporting to Elon Musk. She heads up Twitter. I tell you, I just can't get into Twitter personally. But boy, a lot of people have. Um, do I think much of Elon Musk? Yes, I do. But Twitter, I just, I don't, it just doesn't trip my trigger. Hmm. What about you? Do I, do, I, or I don't mean to put you on the spot, Dom, but is Twitter interesting to you? Yeah. Really? I have it. Hmm. I don't use it a whole bunch, but I do have it. Okay. DoorDash, they're shifting their business model, and they're going to offer drivers hourly pay. The company said the option would give couriers greater choice. And it could also help DoorDash find people who will make less desirable deliveries. I wonder what's a less desirable delivery. Hmm. I better not ask on public here. <laughs> it's, uh, we got about 30 seconds remaining, folks. We want you to have a wonderful weekend. Uh, Forecast-wise, let's see. Let me, can I update that quickly? Uh, it's saying, okay, it's 72 right now here on Columbus Road. And it's going to hit uh, 89, I think, later. We are... Um, Let's see here. What else can I tell you? We've got some guests for next week. And um, AMVETS is one of the topics. I'm doing this from memory. I don't have it written down in front of me. We are out of time, folks. Have a marvelous and safe weekend. In our 73rd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 